Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Thank you. God is good. God is good. So we know right now we're here, who's here with us is Jehovah Shammah. His presence is here. So let's just welcome his presence. Jehovah Shammah, we welcome you. We welcome you with all your power and all your glory. We welcome you right now, Lord. We have ears to hear. I have ears to hear, Lord. Should you want me to add something or change something, Father? And I have a teachable heart. We have teachable hearts, right? I want you to say, I have a teachable heart. And ears to hear. Okay, in Jesus' name. I'm going to read to you something that a Marine wrote. He was in Vietnam, served three, three tours in Vietnam. And uh, he wrote this. And I wrote it down so... I could read it to you. And this is what he wrote. The world is not without hope at this hour of supernatural darkness. Yahweh has his warriors, beacons of light, shining brightly as living hope and a pathway back to God, our mighty king. We are here to shine in this darkness. Do not hide in this darkness the spiritual wickedness. Fight for the heart of your king in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wrote. So that's what we're called to do in this church. We're called to fight for the heart of our king, right? Because we are a pathway. Sometimes we don't think we are, but you are. You are a pathway. When you go to work, people don't, don't say anything, but they know who you are. Uh, tonight we were, uh, we were driving in with my granddaughter, and we were talking about how the Lord just moves and uh, when my, my older children were little, I volunteered to work at the school as a volunteer. And I told Erica, I said, I never really said anything much about being a Christian there. But little kids came up to me and asked me to go to church with me. And I said, how do you know I go to church? There were just little children out in the, par- in the schoolyard. And when I, I left there and I moved, um, teachers wrote to me little notes and saying, thank you for showing us what a Christian is like. I had... I. You know, I would just say, okay, Lord. So those are the, we're shining in this darkness. You are shining. You might not think you are, but you are. And I want you to understand that right now you have to realize who you are. You are powerful. You are mighty. It doesn't matter how young you are. You are powerful and you're mighty. Those little girls sitting right here, your Victor's granddaughters, right? Do you know how powerful you are because of your grandfather and your grandma's prayers over you? Do you know that you've inherited a calling in your life? Yes, you've inherited a calling. You know, so you're here to shine in this darkness. You shine as supernatural wickedness. And we fight for the heart of your king and the power of the Holy Spirit. Whether we realize it or not, we are always in this battle. The, uh, this is enforcing the victory. We're enforcing the victory tonight. The primary battle is between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. 
between the Antichrist and the Christ, between the father of lies and the spirit of truth. We are in this battle. There's so many levels of this battle, so many areas, you know. We know it's the primary battles between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, and we see it right now. You can see what's happening right now. You can see who belongs to the father of lies, right? <laughs> the church is the only force contesting Satan's total rule. We, the church, we are the church. And we're the only force that can test, that can test the rule of Christ, the rule of the enemy, what the enemy is doing, the only one. We must understand and not be afraid that the church is the only force contesting Satan's total rule over human affairs. We're the only, only force that can do that. No other force. No army, no, no political man can rise up and, and contest it and change it. Only us, our prayers. Marjorie and I, we watch the news, though some people say we don't want to watch it, but we know, watch the news so we know how to pray. <laughs> because you have the power to change things. You do. I want you to understand how much power we have, you have, as a person. One person in prayer can change so much, right? And then we come together in church. This battle is between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, between the Antichrist and the Christ, between the father of lies and the spirit of truth. Satan's total rule over human affairs, he's fighting hard. We can see how hard he's fighting because he's afraid. When he puts out this much stuff that's happening, you know, that we see happening around us, he's afraid. He's afraid. That's why he wants to destroy the church. You know, he, he, he wants to stop Jesus from coming. I don't know. You know, I, I don't understand how people will think that they have the power and the authority to move God, to tell God what to do or to have him change, you know, change his, his timetable. You know, but they're trying they're trying. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We are the blood bought. We are the redeemed. And so we understand that. You, you have to believe that. Believe that. The church is made up and built up by each individual spirit-filled saint. Here you are. Each individual spirit-filled saint. And usually in the class that I teach, I'm teaching each individual person. But the Lord put on my heart, no, this is a church now. Each individual saint come together in a whole. We are the church, each one of us. And each one of us have a, a role to, to, to fill in the church, right? We have our pastors, and then we have, I teach, and, and we have the teachers, and we have the worshipers, and we all come together and we fulfill a, 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 a calling in our lives, what the Lord's called us to be and to do. And so when we come together, we're a mighty army. We're a mighty army when we're alone by ourselves praying, but we're a mighty army when we come together here. And every time we come together here and we meet, we establish, we, we are more rooted, as Pastor says, we're, we're, the roots go down deeper in this place. Because you, we've been meeting here and praying here and worshiping here. This place is a stronghold for the Holy Spirit. This place is a stronghold. You know, um, last week or two weeks ago, um, Christine and, and Ray came, came early and we're waiting for the class to start. And there was a, a demoniac woman, you know, that was out here doing her thing, you know, yelling and doing her thing. And so Ray and Chris left and then they came back again. And they said, when I pulled up, she left. But it wasn't because it was me. It's because she realized this church is powerful. 
And she, can't, she couldn't stay here because the doors were going to be open. I was going to open up the doors and the power of God was going to be released. So there's power here. You have to understand the power that you have. You have power. You have the Holy Spirit. Everybody who has the Holy Spirit, lift up your hands. Okay, then you're empowered. You're empowered. You have power that's, you just can't believe the power you have. We are the blood bought, the redeemed. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. So all the plans and schemes that hell is planning right now, all the plans that the enemy is planning that you hear on the news, you know, all the stuff they do, it's not, they can't prevail against the church. We pray. It's up to us. If we pray, we pray. The church is made up and built up by each individual spirit-filled saint, fulfilling their mission, their calling, their assignment. We have been given the best gift anyone can receive, the Holy, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living, dwelling in each of us. It's the Spirit of God. It's very, very His Spirit living in us. We carry Him around, right? And we stir Him up. You know, we have to stir him up because he's. this is the place where we're learning how to rule and reign with Christ because this isn't it. This is only the beginning. One day we're going to rule and reign with him in heaven. We're going to judge the angels. So what we're doing here right now is being trained in how to rule and reign with him. And so, you know, it's like he's the best teacher, the best coach there ever was. And so the Lord is there, right there with you, coaching you, teaching you, you know. And so he pushes us because that's, that's, how, that's how you learn. So the pastor said today, you have to be challenged. You know, you have to be challenged whether you are a singer, a musician, or you're a, a, a sports person. You challenge yourself to get better because you don't want to be mediocre for the Lord. You want to give him your best. You want to give him your best. And so when you, you, if you're working out, if you know this, if you're working out with your muscles, you always have to push your muscles to failure, right? Because your muscles get used to this weight. They get used to it, okay, and it doesn't bother them anymore. So you have to push your muscle to failure so it will grow stronger. And so all the fruit of the Spirit is like our muscles in our heart. We're the fruit of the Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, right? Kindness, forgiveness, patience. That's all the fruit of the Spirit. So for it to grow, we have to push it like a, like a muscle. Same thing as a muscle. We, we choose to do it. Everything we do, we choose to do for the Lord. The church is made up for this mission, calling and assignment, spirit-filled saints fulfilling their mission. And it's to... To bring the, 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 the enemy's camp, to raid the enemy's camp and bring out the souls. When we get saved, we, we rebel. we're the rebels here. A lot of times we forget that. We think that, you know, we're, we're, we're holy. <laughs> we're, we're not rebellious. We don't, we're rebelling against the kingdom of darkness. The moment we get saved, we've rebelled. We've decided, Satan, we, we're not belonging to you. We're belonging to Jesus. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't choose to get saved and trust Jesus, you, you belong in the enemy's camp. That's the only way it is. You belong to the enemy because, you know, God, God sent Jesus. His mission was to come as a baby, a warrior prince, and give his life for us. You know, so this is war. We're at war. And our and our our joy is to is to birth people into salvation. Marjorie can birth somebody into salvation in a in a bus. I heard her story from 
she from from one bus stop to the next, and when she gets off, they're already saved. <laughs> She's done that, or sitting in a bus bench, right? Because she asked the Lord, she wants to do that. So she asked the Lord, Lord, give me someone. Give me someone. See, everything begins with you asking. Everything begins with us asking. We have been giving the best gift. Okay, so we are blessed beyond measure. So blessed, when you say bless you and when you say be blessed, and Lord, I want to be blessed, that means you're asking to be empowered, to succeed, to multiply, and to prosper. That's what it means to be blessed. I'm blessed when you say, I'm blessed. Father, I'm blessed. Lift up your hands right now and say that. Father, I am blessed. I am blessed to succeed and to multiply and to be empowered to prosper. So you spoke those words and you speak those words because you have the Holy Spirit. So they're anointed words. Your words are important. What you speak, once you speak that into motion, and that's what the Lord says a blessing is. You speak that into motion. Now the angels have heard that. The angelic forces of righteousness, their, their words, what they listen to are the words of God. The Lord says to bless. He's a blessing. He blesses his children. When you speak the word of God in prayer, then the angels go forth. It sends the angels forth because that's God's word. So when you use the word of God in prayer, the angels, that's their language, and they go forth to carry it out, to bring it to pass. And we know that the Lord says he watches over his word to perform it. And, and his word will not return void. We know those things. He says that. So when you pray, you can say, your word's not going to return void. And you know, uh, Brandon and, and, uh, and Des are expecting their first baby. And I remember that their little boy, and that little boy had to be born. And he was waiting already in heaven. And he was anxious to be born. Because that's how come you got that baby so fast. Because you know how many people prophesied over you were going to have a baby. I remember. And that baby was right there. And the Lord was saying, come on. <laughs> I got this baby ready for you. Yes. Yep. So we, we understand how the Lord moves. He moves in this way. He loves us. We're his family. We're his family. So we are a gift to him, and we and he is our gift to us, right? Amen. So to be victorious, and together our church is victorious. We are a victorious people. We are a victorious church. We triumph over the enemy. And as we gather together, we triumph over the enemy. When we come together and we're worshiping and praising him, that's warfare. You know, you might not think it is, but it is. It's warfare. You're conducting warfare. When you do the right thing, when you do the right thing, when, when, uh, when you go to work and you do the right thing at work, you're conducting warfare because warfare is always doing the right thing. Let's turn to uh, Luke 10, 19. Marjorie, would you read that? Luke 10, 19. And then um, let's see, who else can I get? Oh. Liz, would you read Psalms 91, 9 to 13? And Francisco, 2 Timothy 1, 7. Okay. All right. This is how we're enforcing the victory. Did you get it? Okay. Mm hmm. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and 
That's right. Okay, so Psalms 91, 9 to 13. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. <coughs> they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a Okay. I wonder if you notice something between what Okay, now Francisco, you want to read Second Timothy one seven? <laughs> no, this is a joke in our class. We had fun on, on that. Yes, we yes we had fun. We did. All right, so it says right here, uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, one seven says, "For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline." Amen. So you have that already, but you have to appropriate it for yourself. You have to believe that you have it and, and make it your own, right? So I want you to know something. Luke 10, 9, 10, 19 says, I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way hurt, harm you. Now look at Psalms 91, 9 to 13, what it says. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels to, in regard to you to protect and defend you and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not even strike your foot against a stone. You, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. It's the same thing as in Luke 10:19, because trample, treading is a warfare term. And so what they're saying here is that when you go into prayer and you command his angels, he commands his angels, and you start praying this, Lord, I'm coming against this situation. I'm praying for your will to be done. I'm praying that you release your angelic forces. And, and so, you know, the other, the other day, the other Sunday when we were here, we were treading upon the enemy. When Pastor had us marching all over the place, we were actually treading upon the enemy. We were doing a prophetic act treading on the enemy. We're treading on him. So we are a victorious church. If we understand what we have, we have the authority. We have the power. And you need to say that. I have the authority. I have the power. I tread on the enemy. You can even do a little prophetic act and stomp your foot, stomp your feet. I tread upon you, the enemy. I, you know, you can stomp, stomp on him. You can do that. It's okay. Because the Lord, the, the angels are there with you. Whether you see them or not, they're there with you, right? They're there with you. Yes. So you have the power and the authority. You have it, and you say that. You say that. You say that. You can write Luke 10, 19 on a little paper and put it all over your house. 
so that you see it all the time and then agree with it. I agree, Lord. I have, I have the power and authority, right? Because we have to not be afraid. And we are blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed beyond measure. No matter what your circumstances are, you're still blessed beyond measure. To be victorious together. Our church is victorious. And we say that. We triumphed over the enemy, Pastor. Our church is victorious. We triumphed over the enemy. We are speaking by faith. What we say, we have. What we say today, we will live tomorrow. That's so true. So I say, I say our church is victorious, and we are triumphant, and we triumph over the enemy. So we must appropriate. So that's appropriating what the Word of God says. We must appropriate what Jesus has given us through prayer, through the Word spoken, and our actions. Our confidence is in Christ alone. The enemy uses fear and deception. Let's turn to um, Revelations 12.9. So you can understand. And right now we're living in an atmosphere of, of uh, deception. If you hear the news, we're being deceived all the time. They told us you need to wear masks. We didn't need to wear masks, right? That was deception, wasn't it? And we're living in that atmosphere of deception. I gotta get some water. If you have any questions, you can raise your hands and ask. If you want to contribute anything, anything you're thinking about, feel free. Okay, Revelations 12, <clears throat> 9. Mm -hmm. And the great dragon was thrown down, <clears throat> the age-old serpent who is called the devil and Satan, who continually deceives and seduces the entire inhabited world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So we know that he has been deceiving this world for a long time. Now what we see is the deception is growing stronger, and deception is being revealed. It's being revealed, but we are truth keepers. We know the truth. We know the truth, and because we know the truth and because we have the Holy Spirit, we recognize right away, we say, this isn't right. This isn't true. I know when, um, when we, they first started with the, you know, COVID-19 first started, my fr Lily, who's one of the girls, she was here for the women's meeting that time, and she she called me and I called her and we go, this is not, this isn't, this isn't, this is just a regular virus, isn't it? She goes, yes, I know. And then somebody else, one of my other friends called me, one of the other ladies that has uh, ministry and, uh, and, and prophetic ministry. She called me and she says, it's, it's, uh, I can see them, they're in a lab, they did this, they did this in a lab. So God reveals to you truth. God reveals to you the truth. And he does it so that we can be safe and we know how to pray, right? So I've been praying, no weapon formed against me or my family shall prosper. And this includes uh, any of Satan's mass weapons of destruction, including any disease or sickness, will not touch our bodies or enter our bodies. Because you can have what you say and you're using the word of God. So our commander has provided the best armor and weapons. So A, be prepared to defend ourselves against the enemy, but then we are also told to pray, 
to pray God's kingdom come and Satan's kingdom must come down. So it's both defense and offense. We do both. We do both. We are in this battle. And the question is whether we will fight well, poorly, or not at all. So that's the question the Lord's asking you tonight. Will you fight well this battle? Or will you just say, oh, well, pastor's praying, sister Bloom's praying, it's okay. <laughs> Pastor Victor prays, it's all right. Pastor Maria prays, I'll call her. She'll pray for me. It'll be okay. No, we, we have to enter into this battle because we are as strong as the weakest person here. We are a family, and we are a team, and we are warriors, and warriors. And I love football. <laughs> I always bring it into a message. You know, if you're going to play football, you've got to become strong. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. You've got to play as a team, Right? Everyone has a role to play in order to carry that ball across the, the goal line. And fourth quarter, everything can change. So you, that's why I love that game, because you can see people's, people's determination. And in this, this place, it's a warrior's game, and we're warriors here. And everything can change. Everything can change. You can think it's, uh, we got it, we got it in the last minute. It can change. But if we're ready... If we're prepared to defend ourselves, we're prepared to, to uh, be offensive. We have our offensive plan, and we take our place, and we pr prayed up. The kingdom will come, and the saints' kingdom will come. Saints' kingdom must come down, because we know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty for the pulling down, right, of strongholds. And we use that word because it pulls down strongholds, strongholds that the enemy has built, Right? We pull down strongholds and every high and lofty argument used against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now we know that and we understand that and that's an offensive weapon against the kingdom of darkness. And so a lot of times when you're claiming someone's salvation, you know, the enemy has given them, uh, if they're in the world and they're not yet out of the world, then what? They're deceived. They're living in deception. So you want to pray that that God that the that the deception be removed from their mind, right? Pray, Father, remove this deception. Open their eyes so they can see truth. Father, unveil their minds. I always like to say, unveil their minds. Send your angels to unveil their minds, Lord, so they can receive the truth of the gospel. Because when they're living in deception, they're not going to believe anything you're going to tell them. And the more you tell them, the greater is the resistance, and they build that wall. But one thing you have to realize and, and understand and be happy with, when they get mad at you and tell you, stop telling me, that's good because you're having an effect. <laughs> that's good because the enemy's worried because you're telling them about, you know, Jesus. You know, my sister Linda, she used to blow smoke in my face all the time. She just tried to get me to stop witnessing to her many years ago. She said, that's good, Esther. That's good for you. <laughs> You know, but I didn't give up. God is good. Don't give up. But if I had known then what I know now, I would have just prayed that the Lord would remove that, that deception from her mind. So when we go out on outreaches, you know, we pray, God, remove the deception on the minds of the people that are out there so that we can give them the clear message of the Lord, the clear message they can receive. So there's a lot of 
there's a lot of things that we, you can do and we can do as a church. We are also told to pray God's kingdom come and we pray, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. So we know what his will is that all men be saved and lift up holy hands, right? And his will is also that we pray for the church, we pray for our government so that we can live peaceful lives. And I guess we, we didn't do too good about that, did we? <laughs> we didn't. I go, oh, Lord, we're so busy building our little churches and building our little ministries, Father. We, you know, we, we didn't, I, I really repented and I told the Lord I was so sorry. So, so now I'm praying for our new governor and I'm trying to, and I remember to pray for our, our nation, you know, because of what's happening in our nation. And we don't, don't believe the lies that you hear. And right now, um, in my heart, I know we are in this battle and I know that the enemy is planning to bring a great deception to really attack our faith, to make us almost deny what we're going to question. And I know that it says in the Bible that if it wasn't for, the, for Jesus putting an end to it, even the elect would be deceived, right? So the only, way we, the only thing we have is a continual relationship with the Holy Spirit. We need to know the Holy Spirit as our best friend. We need to know the Holy Spirit and have such a relationship with him. We need to uh, build that relationship with him so that we can hear his voice so that because it may come to the place where we're going to have to be, the Holy Spirit's going to have to tell us, don't go there, turn around. Right now, turn around. You know, to keep us, to help us. And we have to get used to him. We have to get used to that voice so that we understand it. So, you know, um, you know, I, I love Des. She's in love with the Lord. She seeks the Lord all the time, and the Lord reveals things to her. Well, you know, if you if you... Do If you just seek the Lord, he'll reveal, reveal to you also. The Lord reveals to all of us as a church here. But individually, he wants to reveal something just to you, just for you and him, just you and him. You know, you're married as a couple. But there are some things that the Lord just wants to reveal to Josh and just wants to reveal to Anna. And then they can share with each other. But the Lord loves us. He wants us to know. He, he wants to know us. He wants us to know him, to know him so that we can grow you know, we can grow in the Lord and understand him because we're warriors and you want to be um, powerful. So you must appropriate what Christ has given us. So he's given us the armor of God to wear, right? And it's invisible. This armor is invisible. And when you have children, it's really neat because you can teach them that. You're going to put on your the shoes Put on our shoes. Let's pretend. The children love to pretend. Let's put on our shoes of, you know, our, our sandals of peace. Come on. You know, you're going to go to school. Let's put on your sandals of peace. So, you know, so you'll have peace at school. Let's put on your breastplate of righteousness. Let Jesus be in your heart. You know, they put on the belt. You can do that with children. But for you, you wear that all the time. You have that. You, but you have to acknowledge it. Let me tell you, you have to acknowledge everything and appropriate everything that's yours. And you appropriate it by speaking it and by saying that you have it, by telling your children. That's a good way, telling your children, we have the armor, we're wearing the armor. We're wearing the armor. So we appropriate through prayer words spoken in our actions. We can accomplish this through truth, through faith, accomplishing his purposes. We know that. Satan accomplishes his purpose through lies, but God accomplishes his purpose through truth. 
And we carry the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. He guides us. He directs us. And there are no chances. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. This war has been won. We enforce the victory. So you're enforcing the victory that's already been won. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's why we're, we're praying for souls to come out. Because Jesus already gave his blood for souls to be born. Praying for healing because it, it's already been done today. Isaiah, what is it, 53.5 says that by his stripes we are healed. But you have to appropriate it. You have to say it, I'm healed. by your and, it, and it's every day you say it. Every day you say, Father, I thank you that you've healed my body. I'm healed because your word says, 53.5, by your stripes I am healed. Right? You say this. Uh, we are a victorious church. That's what I'm saying. No, we are not going to be deceived. We are not going to be deceived. We carry the life of God in us. We are prayer warriors. Remember the word. Remember, literally, the word Satan means the resistor. That is his nature. Satan resists deliberately, persistently, every purpose of God's grace, mercy, and blessing. And he resists not only God himself, but the people of God. The moment we profess faith in Jesus Christ, we are plunged into warfare. And the moment you profess, I am going to, I'm going to fast. <laughs> the moment you profess, I'm going to, I'm going to read this Bible. I'm going to read. Then all of a sudden, wow. Right? The moment you, you go to read your Bible, you start falling to sleep. Right? You're going to fast. Somebody invites you out to dinner. <laughs> right? That happens. Uh, I decided, you know, for for um, for Lent, I was I gave up coffee. Everyone knows how much I love coffee, so I said, "Okay, I'm going to give up coffee." So the first Sunday, <laughs> which was Lily was here and her husband, that, that was the first Sunday I was giving up coffee for Lent. We always drive by on our way to church. Sometimes we drive by and get a cup of coffee. So, you know, we were in a hurry and everything. I told Erica, oh, get me the usual. So that, so that I'm sitting there with this cup of coffee in my hands, and we're driving down the street, and I say, oh, I gave up coffee for Lent. Then I look at Erica. I go, what am I going to do with this coffee? So I came in, and I said, anybody want the coffee? Lily said, I'll take it from you so you won't sin. <laughs> you know, so... You know, when we, we start out and things, don't be so strict with yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. The, nobody's perfect. You know, the little steps are the best ones. Because they say the best way to lose weight is a little at a time, a little at a time. Right? Yes. So when we're working with the Lord, when we're moving with the Lord, when we're doing something with the Lord, a little bit is fine. A little is fine. Ten minutes of prayer, the, one, the most magnificent, the the best defense you have is obedience. The best defense you have is to obey the Lord. When you obey the Lord, the enemy can walk around, the lion can walk around. You know, he sends his people out there to watch you and they write down everything that you do because they have a little, a little, you know, note on you. They have a, they have, they have, they know you, you know. I say that the enemy is the, the first psychologist there ever was. He is because he knows us. He knows what worked on Adam and Eve will work on us too, right? So he's always watching us, and the best defense we have is obedience. So he says, oh, they're still walking in obedience. Oh, we'll have to wait. 
We'll have to wait until they, 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 you know, they get loose here or something, right? So the best defenses you have is obedience. But when you're meeting the enemy, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus is par are powerful weapons. And your, and your spiritual language, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't neglect it because that's the most powerful weapon you have. The blood of Jesus the Holy Ghost prayer, pray in the Spirit, and the name of Jesus. Those are the three most important ones that you can use. Use binding and loosening and all that. But binding and loosening, all that comes with the Holy Spirit as he, he leads you. Always be led into warfare. You, you might hear something. You might hear somebody's testimony. Oh, that sounds great. Maybe I'll try it. Don't do that. Because everyone's an individual. There's basic things. Warfare is there's no, there's no recipe how to conduct warfare. There's no recipe how to conduct deliverance for someone. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, things are basic. We know the basic things. But, but everyone's an individual. And so don't try to do what somebody else does because you might get yourself in trouble. Right? So we don't do that. I, I know one time a, uh, a new convert tried to walk on the water at the beach. Because he said, if Peter could, I believe, I believe I could do it. He came frustrated. I can't do it. I can't. You know. And I said, well, you, you know, your heart's in the right place, right? So just because someone else did it doesn't necessarily mean that you will do it also. So remember, you're an individual and you're full of the Holy Ghost and fire. You're full of the Holy Ghost and fire. You have the fire of the Holy Spirit. It burns within us. Fire of the Holy Spirit. So let's lift up our hands and just pray in the Holy Ghost right now.